0: Welcome to episode 41 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we are back after an off week due to like three separate technical issues, (laughs) uh, unrelated. And so we're going to hit you with a double-sized, super spectacular 80-page giant comic book issue today, talking about the news from the last couple weeks. And starting off with, we might as well jump right into it. Every once in a while, I get a piece of news that I have to stop and check if it is actually April 1st. To see if this is real news but this is in fact from the hollywood reporter ezra miller and grant morrison are currently working on a script for the flash movie ezra miller he being the star of presumably the star of the flash barry allen from justice league grant morrison longtime comic book writer one of the b- bigger names in the industry over the last 30 years or so they are currently working on it because apparently miller and directors john francis daly and jonathan goldstein have had creative differences on the film daly and goldstein have been there for more than a year and so. Miller and Morrison have teamed up to work on a script. So the Daily Gold scene script is considered lighthearted, while Miller's take is darker. That doesn't necessarily mean it's dark; it's just darker. Uh, and they just haven't been able to compromise on what this film should be. What are your initial thoughts on that, Zach? Uh,
1: I mean, if this were any other movie, I don't think it would be that that big of a deal, or wouldn't be as annoying. I guess just because the Flash has had so many quote unquote creative differences already it just it kind of it adds up after a while and it gets a little annoying now the idea of Ezra Miller and Grant Morrison writing this script excites me a lot because Grant Morrison has written a lot of really good comics and is a very creative writer tells good stories and Ezra Miller is pretty if you see interviews with him he's pretty deep into Flash knowledge and DC comics knowledge and seems to be really passionate about the character so i think it would be pretty cool to have the person who's portraying him have a hand in writing out what that character is going to be doing, um, so that part is cool. the The darker tone of the film that they're going for, I, I don't know. I, I hope there's still a good balance of humor because I think more than any other character, the Flash is well suited for humor, especially Ezra Miller's um, portrayal of that character. So I hope that there's still some humor there. Um, but at the end of the day, I just want this film to come out. So whatever process they need to do to make that
0: happen, I hope it comes along quickly. Right. So that's a relative thing there. Lighthearted, darker tone. What does that mean? Is it like a super dark flash movie or is it just, you know, they think Dalian Goldsteins is maybe too lighthearted, too goofy. So darker could just be more balanced. I don't know. I've read a little bit. Morrison did a little bit of flash writing and obviously worked on him in the JLA, but that was when Wally was the flash. So I don't, he hasn't done He's done very little Barry Allen stuff, so I don't know how much different his take would be, but I would expect him to have a serious approach, but still with some fun, some superheroics in there. But Miller has obviously never, zero produced movie scripts. Uh, Grant Morrison has written a couple scripts, but never had any movies produced. He has co-written a couple episodes of Happy, which is the TV series he co-created based on his comic. So not really proven writers in, in terms of screenwriting. So, I don't know, there's a lot to unpack here, but from what we've heard, Dalian Goldstein's was described as Back to the Future of Superheroes, Miller and Morrison, we really don't know what that take would be. Uh, The interesting thing here is, the script could be in as early as this week, Morrison posted an Instagram photo with Ezra Miller last September, so presumably they have been working on it since at least then. Uh, And the the other thing, the big thing to unpack here is the headline was Ezra Miller writing script in bid to stay on as star. So if Daly and Goldstein's script is chosen, Miller could be out as the Flash. Apparently, his holding deal expires in May, so that might be a a time to move on. Um, Of course, if maybe if Miller's script knocks them out of the park, I don't know that Daly and Goldstein would want to be the ones to direct when they've clashed with the star. Uh, So just based on what little information we know, would you rather have? That Dalian Goldstein, Back to the Future with Superheroes, or this that wouldn't star Ezra Miller, or would you rather have some Ezra Miller Grant Morrison unknown story? Maybe a wicked trip through the multiverse, knowing Morrison and what Miller has said. Um starring Miller, but with unknown directors. I mean, which which way would you go?
1: <laughs> yeah, like you said, there is very little information to actually go off of, but if I had to lean one way, I I have seen Ezra Miller portrayed Barry Allen as the Flash and I liked his portrayal so I would probably lean that way of whatever it takes to keep him on because I really liked his portrayal and I am not as experienced with the Daily Goldstein team up and and their films and what they would be bringing to the table and but either way it's kind of a lose-lose situation because like what I said earlier I just want this movie to come out as soon as possible and it kind of seems based on this at least that no matter which way it goes Either Ezra Miller's out or probably, like you said, the directors would be out. They need to find new directors if they're if they're clashing this much about this and then Ezra Miller and Grant Morrison's script is is picked. It would be hard for them to stay on. Then they would need to find new directors. And either way, that's a pretty lengthy process and kind of almost starting again from scratch. And so no matter how it shakes out, it kind of seems like this movie has once again gotten pushed back even
0: farther. Yeah, and, and if I had to guess, just knowing how toby Emmerich and team work they would probably unless morrison and miller's script is just awesome they would probably side with Daly and goldstein just because right. they worked with him a couple times before they did game night for him at new line so they're comfortable with them and they seem more more friendly to directors wanting to establish relationships with directors than with actors sometimes uh, at least recent you know the way things have gone recently that's what it seems like So if i had to guess they would they would choose them another interesting nugget uh, dalian goldstein just sold uh just pitched a movie to universal i think that just got picked up so they're they're they have a deal after this news broke they had a deal to another movie in the pipeline for them uh doesn't necessarily mean they won't do the flash first but maybe that's a sign this i don't know
1: yeah that like like i said every every piece of infrared, i don't remember the last time new information about the flash movie came out that made me think oh this movie is coming out sooner than i thought
0: yeah and at this point especially if you can't get miller on the same page with the directors at this point if you're warner brothers i'm almost wondering and i like the flash but you're almost wondering why do a flash movie yeah at this point i mean there's it's not like you're trying to establish him for the next justice league movie or you don't you know i think the flash is one of the big dc's biggest characters but they're not necessarily choosing characters based on how popular they've been since they were created they're choosing i don't know why um but with things like the trench and and plastic man in development uh while some bigger heroes aren't um i I don't think they're necessarily going to say well the flash is a big hero so let's give the flash a movie no matter what if you are if they're going to be starting from scratch again then i I think they should you know they might just think why even bother um what's the point of of recasting or whatever but i think some of the you know hypothetically, Daly and Goldstein and Miller and Morrison could all come to some compromise, but that hasn't happened yet. So I think that's the least likely. I'd be surprised if the movie happens with all of those parties attached. I think there's a chance that Daly and Goldstein do it with a new actor. I think there's probably a smaller chance that the Miller and Morrison script goes through with new directors. And then there's a chance that WB just says, let's reevaluate this Flash thing in a couple of years.
1: Yeah. And more and more, it looks like that is probably at least for them, the smartest choice, not obviously not my first choice, just as a fan who doesn't have to make the financial decisions or logistical decisions to do all this kind of stuff. But it, it seems like at least a logical choice for
0: Warner brothers. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like Ezra Miller. I think he could be a great Perry Allen, uh, with a, with a solo film to really establish himself. And I, I think Dylan Goldstein have done some good work. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say here, but, um, weird, really weird situation. Yeah. Well let's talk about Shazam, a movie that is coming to be going to be out and very soon. The early box office tracking, which came out three weeks out, so this should be updated very soon. But from Deadline said a forty to forty five million dollar domestic opening weekend. Now that would obviously be the lowest of the this universe of films, but this is obviously much smaller budget than any of the other films. So I think that would be a pretty strong opening, all things considered for the sort of they're aiming lower with this film uh, and not, mm-hmm. to, not to make that sound negative, but it's a lower budgeted and everything like that. So a lower opening is expected. Um And, and that would be very good. I think there's a good chance it does higher than this uh, if there's good buzz, but a 40 to $45 million opening weekend would not be that bad.
1: No, that would be, that would be a success. I think, like you said, this is a smaller budget film. So, you know, the ratios, you got to tune those down and this is still a good percentage of how much they actually spent on the film. And like you said, I think, if there's some buzz around this, if there's good reception, especially with the the preview this weekend, uh, people going and seeing that, I think you could probably easily bump this up to 50 million, which would be a nice little uh, landmark to get to, milestone to get to. I think that would be a really, really solid opening weekend.
0: Right. And Deadline did point out that the character, you know, the pros and cons. The character isn't very well known in the popular culture, and other than maybe some limited nostalgia for the 70s TV series, this is. Mostly an unknown character, which I think a lot of superheroes have proven they don't need to necessarily be well known to be successful at the box office right now. Uh, And Deadline is pretty good at this. At the same time, for Aquaman, they guessed uh, 65 million. And the actual came in at 68 to 72, depending on if you're counting those previews the week before or anything like that. And it's also opening against Pet Cemetery. Some interesting, so it's got some competition there. I know it's between a couple other superhero movies, but Pet Cemetery is coming in high 20s to 30 million. And opening the same weekend i just think that's interesting because i had not heard of pet cemetery or at least i'd forgotten about it until watching justice league right when uh when uh, the flash brings up pet cemetery a couple times but so so there's some competition there and i think 40 to 45 or 50 i think that would be a good opening for shazam yeah
1: a couple more things about shazam the release date for shazam in china has also been announced as april 5th which is when it comes out here so most big markets are going to open in that april 3rd to 5th window uh, but japan is waiting until april 19th
0: and that is kind of a big deal china is sometimes against the they have specifications on what kind of magic when it comes to magic what they accept and what they don't and so i don't think it was necessarily a given that shazam would open there and i'm curious how it how it's going to hit we know aquaman did well there but the previous dc films hadn't done that much and i don't i don't know that shazam is a big name or if it will be have enough special effects heavy stuff to do as well obviously we're not expecting aquaman numbers there but even uh, a good chunk of change there. I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I I would have a really
1: hard time guessing how this would do in China. Uh, and then some other small pieces of news about Shazam. Director David F. Sandberg completed a, a commentary track, uh, presumably for home media release. He sent a picture on Instagram of him sitting in the his little studio and said his commentary track was done. And if you if you're wondering what it looks like when we're recording, that's exactly the setup that we have: a nice studio with people providing water for us and a little (laughs) nice side table not really but yeah that's that's cool i i like these commentary tracks for for movies i i enjoy i like to hear directors talk about it and more than any other director david f sandberg has been pretty funny um and pretty responsive to the community so i would i'd be really interested to hear his commentary
0: oh yeah i think directors commentaries are probably my favorite thing on in terms of special features and there really hasn't been any for dc movies in a while so this will be cool and i'm sure sandberg will be entertaining
1: uh and as i alluded to earlier uh, early screenings are available on march 23rd at select theaters like through so through fandango you can find theaters that are around you um if you checked early they added theaters after that I, i know i checked and there wasn't any around me and then i checked later and they had added some more theaters so maybe check again but that's That's coming up pretty soon here, so maybe get on that. And then on Reddit, uh, according to David F. Sandberg again, the voice of Batman, the Batman toy in the trailer is sound designer slash supervisor Bill Dean getting to live out his dream of being Batman. That's cool. It doesn't affect anything, but it's just (laughs) it's cool when you can bring somebody in like that and have a nice little tidbit of
0: information. Yeah, I know a lot of people were thinking it was Kevin Conroy. It kind of sounds like that, Uh, at least if you listen to it once, but it is not, in fact, so there's that. On to the Batman. We had heard before that it looked like it would film later this year, November, something like that. And director Matt Reeves confirmed that it looks like he said the Batman is quote, looking like sometime around year's end for filming. So just good to get confirmation, I guess, from the, the man in charge himself. And producer Charles Roven talked a little bit about Wonder Woman 1984 with Vulture.
1: And so he said that she talking about Patty Jenkins was just determined that this movie should be the next iteration of Wonder Woman, but not a sequel, and she's definitely delivering on that. It's a completely different time frame, and you'll get a sense of what Diana slash Wonder Woman had been doing in the intervening years, but it's a completely different story that we're telling, even though it'll have a lot of the same emotional things, a lot of humor, a lot of brave action. Tugs at the heartstrings as well. The Yeah, these kind of quotes are like perfect for taking out of context and clickbaity headlines and stuff and over Analyzing, but I think, at least to me, like, I think he's just saying it's not a direct sequel. It doesn't just pick up from the events of what just happened. It's just the same character telling a different story with the same character, which to some people would be classified as a sequel, but I guess I can understand where he's coming from.
0: Yeah. Um, It's a sequel. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) It's an artsy thing. I don't, it's not a big deal. Uh, I guess it depends on your definition of sequel. Uh, one says something that takes place after or as a result of an earlier event. I don't think Wonder Woman 1984 would happen without Wonder Woman. So I think that settles there. It's just kind of an artsy way of saying it's not a two part movie, which we already knew. It's, it's a sequel. Call it what you want. I will call it a sequel uh with all due respect to mr Roven, but yeah everything else there that sounds like lots of brave action lots of humor that all sounds like wonder woman and things that i would expect in the sequel
1: next up uh animation news trailer has been released for batman versus teenage mutant ninja turtles
0: um so we both took a
1: look at this uh what did you think of this tom
0: it looks fun it looks like batman meeting kind of what you would expect from batman meeting ninja turtles lots of characters. Uh, lots, lots of lots of characters going on there. I see a Robin, Batgirl, the Ninja Turtles, Joker, Penguin, Harley, Ray, ghoul I think I saw Shredder there. So I, I don't know anybody else from Batman or the Ninja Turtles world that you would want to see that isn't in this. For the most part, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but it looks good. It looks fun.
1: Yeah, it looks cool. It's got the the really simple kind of uh, cartoon animation style. It's not the the normal DC animated universe animation style. So it def- definitely looks visually different. And yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with the mutant Ninja Turtles, but I'll probably get more familiar <laughs> as this movie gets closer.
0: <laughs> the mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Call them the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles or TMNC or something. I know that much about, I don't know, or Ninja Turtles. I don't know. I'm not an, a Ninja Turtles expert either. <laughs> uh, one other thing in, in live action movies, James Gunn is returning to direct guardians of the galaxy three and so some people were wondering, does this mean he's leaving the Suicide Squad or anything like that? Apparently, it will film. they will film the Suicide Squad first, and then he will go direct Guardians 3. Disney is, is letting him return or, or however they worked out there. Apparently, that's been in the works for months. So that is uh, everybody knew he would film the Suicide Squad first. I guess to me, it kind of explains why he was in such a rush to film a movie that doesn't come out for two years from the time they start filming it, basically. And to me, I guess this explains it so he can go on and do something else.
1: Yep. That's nice. I'm glad he's still doing suicide squad. And yeah, like you said, we, I think we speculated about why he was going so fast and this explains it.
0: And it's some WB news. Kevin Sujahara is stepping down as chairman, CEO of WB entertainment. We spoke about the report about his, I don't know what do you even call it? there sexual allegations where he was trying to get uh, auditions for an actress. Um, and so he has decided, well, or he was told to decide to step down as that important role. So he has been in the role since 2013. How does this affect DC movies? Maybe not at all. Maybe some. I mean, he is one of the two people. Uh, recently, since Toby Emmerich joined in late 2016 as president CCO of WB Pictures, those are the two that have had green light power for all WB movies and DC movies in particular. So he is one of the two people to say okay, let's film this. And that's kind of important. Uh, So how that might not mean anything. Somebody might come in and be on the same lines. Whenever somebody at the top gets replaced, though, there's a chance, good chance for trickle downs. Um, Sujahara picked a lot of those people below him. So how could it affect Toby Emmerich or Walter Hamada or anyone like that? Maybe not at all, but it could do something. So we should mention it there. An interim team has been set up to fulfill his duties in the meantime.
1: Yeah. And this is one of those things where like you're never going to get the full picture of behind the scenes, what exactly changes because of this, but there will be some changes and we'll just, like you said, have to wait and see if we'll never know. It was this the cause of why X happened. If this movie did this or came out when, but, um, yeah, hopefully not a huge, a huge negative impact.
0: Some people are excited by this. Some people are, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't have any, haven't heard anybody really disappointed that I know of, but WB has been successful the last few years. Um, but, you know, the DC movies, he has he's been involved with that. So whether, whether you love the movies or hate the movies, um, he, he's been the big guy up top to set everything down there. So, um, yeah, again, we don't know how it'll change or affect anything if it does. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just nice
1: that even the people at top are like held accountable. You know, if they do something bad, there are consequences. So that's that's a good
0: thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On to some TV. Eric Wallace will be taking over as the showrunner for The Flash in season six, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Wallace has been a co executive producer on the show since season four. He's also worked on Teen Wolf, Z Nation, and Eureka. Aaron Helbing was the sole showrunner for this season, season five, and was showrunner with Todd, his brother, and Andrew Kreisberg in season four before Kreisberg was let go. Um, yeah, so I, I am not terribly familiar with a lot of Wallace's work other than what he's done for The Flash, but. He will be he will be the, the new showrunner.
1: Yeah. And it's nice he's been involved in The Flash for a while now. And anytime we get an article like this, it just reminds me how hard it is to say showrunner a bunch of times over and over again. So
0: Sole showrunner. Oh, right, is, yeah. It's very difficult.
1: <laughs> so good job with that, Tom.
0: Um, yeah. And The Flash is still probably my favorite and probably the best superhero show on the air. But sometimes a show, especially at this point five years in, could use a shot in the arm. And I think a lot of people would say that did good for Arrow at the start of this past season. And I think, you know, a fresh set of eyes could be good for The Flash going into season six. Yeah.
1: The pilot of Batwoman is going to be set before the events of Elseworlds, according to Deadline. So executive producer Greg Berlanti called it an origin story that we set up that predates the crossover. It's a story prior to the crossover.
0: That makes sense to me. That's probably the smartest way to do it. We still don't know when this will debut, but... Some people might be sick of origin stories, and I totally get that. I think if you're doing a TV show on someone in that long form format, it makes sense to see their origin, so I don't have any problem with this.
1: Yeah, I don't have any problem with this. This makes sense. She seems like a pretty established character where she is already when we meet her, so I don't have any problem going back before that and getting some, some information about... I, I'm, I'm not sick of origin stories. I know some people are, so, but I this is a character I'm interested to learn
0: more about where they came from. It'll be... A- It'll be interesting to see how Crisis could affect this. Would this debut after Crisis? So will the events of Elseworlds even be in continuity after Crisis on Infinite Earths happen? Um, I don't know. It depends how how serious, how how faithful in an adaptation they do of Crisis, and what's in continuity and what's not. Because that would be maybe she's involved in Crisis, but then we see the character from a fresh start if she debuts maybe after Arrow's done next year. Um, I don't know. I have no idea how they're going to do all that, but I'm fascinated to see if crisis has any big time impacts like that and lasting effects, or if it's just kind of merging some earths and moving on. Yeah. Even if, even if it's like the
1: same plan that they would have done regardless of crisis, it would be cool to use that as an in universe explanation of why something happened and just to make it as big as possible.
0: More TV, the teaser trailer for season two of Krypton is now out the very first one, about 30 seconds, a short one. And we don't know when this is going to release yet, but it is coming soon. And season one is supposed to be on DC universe soon. So no release date, it was actually, Krypton actually started this week, last year, season one. And so it looks like it's going to be a later start. I don't know how long they're going to wait, but we now have our first footage.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's pretty good footage. And once again, like I've, I don't think I've been let down yet by the, the graphics, the, the visual look of this show on sci-fi. I've been really, really impressed. And this, obviously they're highlighting some of the best stuff in this little 30 second clip, but I'm again, super impressed by the kind of, um, display of graphics that they can get from sci-fi uh the sci-fi network and so the phantom
0: zone looks awesome doomsday looks really really good i agree with you there obviously they're yeah, teaser showing you the highlights but this looks great and the visuals look even more ambitious they're doing more and bigger things than they did in season one phantom zone looks like it's gonna be weird and trippy and yeah doomsday berniak Zod looks like he's he's gonna be Zod and all that stuff so i'm very excited for this Next up, Isai
1: Morales from NYPD Blue, Caprica, and Ozark has been cast in Titans as Slade Wilson slash Deathstroke, according to Deadline. So they have a a character description if you don't know who Slade Wilson is. (laughs) Slade Wilson... Yeah. Slade Wilson is known for being DC's deadliest assassin. While serving his country, Slade became an elite soldier before government testing enhanced his physiology to near superhuman levels, putting him on a path of darkness and revenge. To his family, Slade is a father and a husband, but to the rest of the world, he is feared by many as the infamous Deathstroke, selling his services to the highest bidder as the ruthless assassin that never gives up and never misses.
0: Yeah. So another, I'm not, you know, I've said in the past, not a huge fan of getting another live action version of characters. I'd rather learn more about the ones we already have uh if we're not going to see more joe manganella i would have loved to see manu bennett back in the role but that doesn't mean morales won't do a great job and i've seen him in ozark he was good in that and so i think i think he'll do a really good job in the role and you know titan story it it makes sense to have deathstroke play a heavy role in it
1: yeah i was going to say it's i agree with you with not having so many different versions of the character but it's kind of hard to tell
0: a full titan story without involving deathstroke in some way so uh it's cool that they're bringing him in and interesting, season one of Titans will be released digitally on March 21st with, with special features and later on Blu-ray DVD. So this is our first real confirmation that the DC Universe will will be available to buy elsewhere, else, elsewhere and also be out on physical media. So I've seen, you can pre-order on some of the digital spots, Titans. I've seen Young Justice Outsiders episodes that are done pop up too. So that's as a DC Universe subscriber, I don't have a problem with that. You get, what, about six months of exclusive exclusivity to the show and then you can buy it if you, if you want elsewhere elsewhere so that seems fair to me yeah
1: seems fair and it's cool um hopefully that'll get more people interested and more people will say like hey i want to watch these shows faster i'm gonna sign up for dc universe next up in casting news cello man has been cast as Slade's son jericho for season two of titans uh, another character description son of the infamous dc villain deathstroke joseph wilson in the Titan known as Jericho, mute after his father failed to rescue him from having his vocal cords severed by assassins, Jericho has the unique ability to possess anyone just by making eye contact. This gentle-natured yet proud hero has proven himself a formidable Titan.
0: I don't think man has any acting experience, um, but they obviously saw something that they liked, so I don't have a problem with that. And it looks like they're bringing in the whole the whole Deathstroke family there of characters, his family. That, that makes sense if you're going to have Deathstroke play a big role
1: yeah and it's cool to there's a lot of interesting stories you can tell between jericho and the stroke because they're family so
0: yeah it's nice and a little bit of supergirl news ozzy tespe jimmy's who's playing jimmy's sister kelly has been promoted to series regular for season five of supergirl she has a recurring role in season four of that show all right well that is all we have for today thanks for listening and we'll be back soon